0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler and AJ Vickery. We've got a really cool show today. Uh, Later on, uh, we will be talking about how much money YouTube makes. It's billions and it's amazing. Uh, It's the first time that uh, Google's uh, parent company, Alphabet, who owns YouTube as well, has released Uh, those numbers broken out. But now that they have, I think all the creators who actually get a cut of that, they want more.
1: Gimme, gimme, gimme,
0: gimme, gimme, gimme. (laughs) Uh, We'll also be talking with Scott Kim from Neoffect. Uh, This is a company that helps gamify rehabilitation. It's really, really cool. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And you probably heard this story this week. Uh, Some guy in Berlin fooled Google Maps into thinking there were traffic jams everywhere pulling around a little red wagon full of smartphones <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of the details of that some uh, guy. <laughs> some guy and well he calls himself an artist <laughs> i call him a pain in the ass but <laughs> uh we'll we'll talk about some of the details and and did it really cause a traffic jam on google maps uh let's talk about some of the news right now guys uh this is kind of interesting airbnb has been in the news uh, quite a bit uh, over the past uh few months uh Vice did a really uh, great story about a lot of the scams that are happening with Airbnb. And uh, I use Airbnb a lot. You know, I do a lot of business travel to Toronto. So I don't even stay in hotels anymore. I I do an Airbnb because it's cheaper and it's nicer for the money. You know what I mean? Like for 140 bucks a night, I get a nice condo. Yes. You You don't
1: like spending $400 a night for Toronto? No, I do not.
2: But you really do have to look at the reviews and stuff. Like you got to do a little bit. You can't just like pick one
0: yeah so you know what the problem though is aj um i don't think everyone's always as honest yes. as they could be with these reviews do you know what i mean Fair. Well,
1: yeah and are you my friends stay there
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. yeah i'm honest with are my you? reviews yeah yeah i mean if you go there and it's dirty like someone didn't vacuum yeah i will say that it wasn't clean you know but then then the owners have the ability to respond to those concerns yeah and you have a dialogue and it's like well it shows that they're transparent
0: so it's good well, there's, uh, there's been quite a few scams. I've actually uh, almost been uh, a victim of one of these. I did an Airbnb one time, and the guy reached out to me and said, Hey, um, I can do you a better deal if you book it offline with me, not through Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. <laughs> that just sounds... Is that how you get scammed? Well, yeah. So that's one scam. Another big one is that uh, you'll get there, and they'll say that the place isn't available, but they have this other place. Mm-hmm. Bait and, and switch. It's a bait and switch. That's common, especially yeah. in Mexico. I went through that. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's not allowed on Airbnb uh, either. Uh, and some at the last minute say that the property is unavailable to unavoidable circumstances, which means that they can avoid cancellation penalties.
1: Meanwhile, you're there with your luggage.
0: Exactly. And you're you're kind of screwed on that. Uh, so, you know, Airbnb is obviously trying to root out a lot of these issues but it's still a major problem uh, vice who broke the story uh, they've said they literally had thousands of um, people email different scams to them which is yeah. pretty significant yeah
1: there, there's just so many different ways to get separated from your money or your bookings and I can only imagine how traumatic this would be if you had a family and you showed up somewhere versus just you and I showing up on a business trip uh, if you have a bunch of kids or you, you don't have a place to stay yeah. And especially if you're in a, in a place that you don't know. Yeah. It's you know, awful.
2: You know what I find interesting is that you often see when there's big disruptors like this that come out, you know, and, you know, Airbnb is a massive disruptor. Yes. Uh, you often see um, sort of similar type services that come out, but maybe at a little bit of a premium. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or a different experience and stuff like that. I haven't really noticed that in the case of Airbnb. Well, there's
0: v- VRBO. Yes.
1: Yeah. I've used that almost as much as I've used I've
0: been hesitant to because, you know, I read about it online and they didn't seem to have the same type of insurance that Airbnb had in case there were any issues. Uh, So there wasn't as much protection. I don't know if that's changed Mm. recently, but I just, I felt safer with Airbnb because, you know, they had the user ratings. Oh, the one thing on uh, VRBO uh, at the time, you could leave ratings for a property uh, even if you didn't stay at it right which mm. makes so, makes no sense whatsoever right because obviously you know that can be gamed and you can't do that on airbnb like with airbnb if you stay in a place uh only you can give a rating for that and you even have a time limit on it yeah. as well you can't do it like a month later i think it's only a few days mm. on it which i think helps protect the well, integrity they, of the process
1: while it's fresh in your mind too yeah. and they certainly keep letting you know that you have to give that feedback
0: but it's interesting another time uh when i was traveling in europe i think with you last time yeah i found this great place uh, i think it was in belgium somewhere brussels or whatever and it looked beautiful but it was like a hundred dollars a night it, right. it looked like a four hundred dollar a night airbnb and i'm like i clicked on it yes <laughs> and literally within hours they got back to me saying no this was a not a real listing oh
1: and, and those are really yeah. hard to weed out, right? Yeah. There's nothing you can do to protect yourself from that. But we even encountered on that same trip, we encountered an Airbnb where the um, you have to really read the fine print. Yes. Because you, you found this great Airbnb, Grand Camp Macy, right on the water. Nice, beautiful view. Uh, this is just in the in France, uh, right near Gino Beach.
0: Yeah. and Oh, you want towels?
1: Oh, yeah. Towel, towels are extra. <laughs> oh, you want linens for the bed? That's extra as well. Yeah. Fortunately, that was an out-of-date post. And there were some comments about that, that towels weren't included. And then they had since we, we got confirmation on that. But just little things like that, again, trying to get more money out of you, unexpectedly, partly maybe because the host, the Airbnb host doesn't fully understand how the system works. And I find a lot
0: of European listings were like that. I think it's probably gotten better. But as North Americans, uh, I think we're used to Airbnbs being pretty well stocked with like a hotel, like toiletries Mm -hmm. and towels and bed linens. Uh, When I was looking in Europe for Airbnbs, yeah, a lot of places they didn't have towels or, you know, bed linen was extra. Yeah. Yeah which was you know you got to really read that because if you show up with you know your family and there's no bed linen as yeah. well yeah well, unhappy wife yes and, and
1: i've i've stayed at airbnbs where they actually the host will actually stocked the fridge with beer and food i'm like this is awesome then we I, were I used in, to yeah then we were in bruges and then it's like it's stocked with beer but there's a price list on the on the door of the fridge <laughs> yeah you have to leave hmm. your money there and it's it's an honor system yeah which I, is cool too
0: i used to find like in the early days yeah They'd leave like nice water or yeah. like, you know, six pack of beer. Cookies. I'm not seeing that anymore. Mm. I think it's all business now. <laughs> Let's look at some of the other stories here and Get Connected that we're following. Uh, Alphabet, mm. that is the parent company of Google. We'll be talking more about them in YouTube uh, a little later on. Uh, they've unveiled a new tool called Jigsaw. And it's only available to journalists and media outlets right now. Uh, but it helps or is supposed to help spot manipulated images and deep fakes. Hmm. It's a challenge, right? Because, you know, you see all this imagery and even videos. And when we're talking about deep fakes, these are these new videos that are being edited to look like the person is saying something or doing something that they're not. Mm -hmm. You know, a famous one would be Barack Obama had a speech and they basically manipulated it to look like he was saying something completely different, but it looked so real. Mm
1: -hmm. Especially during election cycles like we're in right now in the U.S., You can't believe anything you see. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Uh,
0: No. So this uh, is super interesting. Uh, It's a tool called uh, Assembler, and it uses detectors to actually uh, analyze images uh, or videos uh, to see if they're authentic. And if they're not, it'll tell the the user that it's uh, been uh, manipulated.
1: So hopefully we'll see a reduction in fake news. (laughs) I'm skeptical, (laughs) but... (laughs) fact checking (laughs) (laughs) this is just
0: for the images guys (laughs) i mean they can still Mm -hmm. write well it's interesting too
1: because adobe also recently announced something with photoshop that can actually detect uh that an image has been manipulated because it can tell the the changes in the pixels Mm -hmm. and so it's really good to see these tools are going to be available so that we will in theory have a higher quality of uh news and imagery
0: it's going to be a big problem. I'm telling you that right now, especially with deep fakes and how easy it is to manipulate video. And people, when you watch video, you don't believe this imagery. Yeah, I can see maybe that, you know, I can wrap my head around that. But I, I would say most people wouldn't believe that video was faked if it looks real.
2: I could actually use that because I ran into a garage door the other day and there's a video of it. <laughs> I need to deep fake that. <laughs> We've moved
0: into a brand new building uh, for our, st- our studio here. And, uh, AJ took out the garage door. Well, apparently <laughs> I thought it took out AJ. Yeah. See, see the video.
1: <laughs> I'm already listening to the deep fake.
0: So, uh, a lot of, uh, big sites, uh, are concerned about this as well. Uh, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, they've all introduced new policies in the past few weeks that ban, uh, malicious deep fakes. I don't know why they just don't ban all of them. Are there good deep fakes? Well, have you, are you on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> Mike's
1: head on a sexy model? <laughs> well, yeah,
0: that's good. Uh, and also uh, this week, Twitter has announced uh, some policies around manipulated media, saying that it'll ban any altered media that poses a safety risk and is deceptively shared. Is that enough? It's a start. Yeah, it's a start. I just wonder how, how do you police that, though? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? like look at facebook how many billions of posts and images are going up daily Mm -hmm. and even on twitter like hundreds of millions yeah across all these different social platforms you don't have enough humans firehose doesn't describe no no you have to rely on people reporting this stuff yeah and yeah it just never ends
1: but then yeah even the reporting side though people that don't agree with the message that's legitimately true will still report it as being fake And so it just creates this backlog of verification that has to happen on everything.
0: Okay, Uh, we will have to take a break. I just wanna give a shout out to our contest right now. Mm. We are giving out an amazing pair of headphones from Bear Dynamic, Uh, $1,000. You've tried them, John. Yes. And? They're amazing. Well, they better be for $1,000. No kidding. Yeah. So if you want a chance to win these, it's really simple. You go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and you go to the the newsletter tab. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you get entered to win. Not only this particular contest, but all the contests mm-hmm. that we have going on this year. And we're giving away thousands of dollars of prizes. So it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Again, getconnectedmedia.com and the newsletter tab.
1: And fill out the form. Yes. Don't email us. You need to <laughs> fill out the form and you'll get a confirmation email saying, hey, you're done. You're good. That That's how you know that you're entered.
0: Can you hack Google Maps? Well, someone did. We'll tell you how. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Egerbo here with AJ and John. Let's talk about Google Maps. We probably all have used this. Many of us use it on a daily basis. It powers a lot of other maps and driving apps, like Waze, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, a uh, an artist in Berlin, his name is Simon Weckert, uh, this past week found a way to fool it. This is brilliant. It, I I would never even thought of this. So what, what he did was somehow got together 99 smartphones.
1: We should step back though. Let's explain how Google Maps works. Okay. So Google Maps, when you use it in your car, it actually shares anonymously your location, your speed and those types of things back with the mothership. And then it helps to determine what you, how busy your route's going to be.
0: Yes. And so I based even, on everyone else's. Right. And I use Google Maps
1: even like even if I know how to get to my house. Yes. I still use it cuz it will reroute me around problem areas. Exactly. And this artist f- figured out an interesting way to <laughs> spoof it. Spoof it. <laughs>
0: yes. So he got together 99 smartphones, borrowed them from friends and rented a bunch. I don't know how how you'd get that many phones. This must from have friends. taken him
1: hours, if not days. To set up, activate, turn on, put SIM cards in, get them running Google Maps, Mm -hmm. and then he put them in a little red wagon.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, like a little red kid's wagon. Yeah. And he walked up and down Berlin streets, basically creating virtual traffic jams. So if you were using Google Maps, you would see a red line on that street basically saying, oh, my God, this is super heavy congestion here. (laughs) He even uh, went over a bridge. Went outside the Google headquarters in Berlin as well. You know, just kind of let, slap him in the face a little bit. Uh, and it worked.
1: Well, it's interesting because Google can't tell how many, you know, clearly there wasn't 100 or 99 vehicles in the back of that red, little red wagon. No. And they were all, you know, relatively in the same space. So you would think that maybe they would have some kind of algorithm to figure out that it's physically impossible for that many vehicles to be in that close quarters.
2: And why are these 99
0: people all going the same place? Right. <laughs> Is it just a big bus? <laughs> so it's interesting. He found a few things. Okay. So mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it's super easy to hack, but at the same time, it, it isn't. He found that he had to be continually moving. Yeah. So when he stopped, the traffic jam was over. It was regular again. Really? Also, he had to do it on empty streets. If a normal car drove by him during that time, mm-hmm. it would un jam it. As well.
1: Presuming they had Google Maps running.
0: Yes. Yes. That is true. Yeah. Good caller on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not a foolproof hack, but it, it kind of shows you that these things can be manipulated.
1: Well, it was interesting too, because Google mm. responded by saying they hadn't quite figured out how to track a little red wagon, but they have had some success in some areas di- discerning between a vehicle and a motorcycle. Hmm which is interesting. And maybe it's the uh, the amount of speed that a motorcycle is capable of versus a car, you yeah. know? Like, again, there's lots how of- How fast very, it
0: yeah. moves in and out of traffic, yeah. I guess, as well. Yeah. So some people were a little upset about this, saying that uh, this isn't good because uh, if more people figure out how to do this, uh, it could affect emergency vehicles, this, right? It could reroute them because it thinks that, mm-hmm. oh my God, this street is busy this and is, take longer.
1: This is literally a scene out of the movie Hackers. Yes, where they they hacked the the system that ran all the stoplights in this case, but they rerouted all the all the police around where they were actually trying to complete the hack in the movie.
2: I just love the pictures of Simon and his red wagon walking down <laughs> the Berlin
0: streets. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of them he's blurred his face. I don't know why that is, so people don't. Find him, <laughs> beat him for creating traffic jams uh, everywhere. But uh, again, uh, yeah, Google Maps powers a lot of things. Yeah, I think it even powers my Tesla navigation system. It, yeah, I think it does. I think it does. So, yeah. don't come over here, Simon. Okay, we we have to take another break. We are going to talk about YouTube later on about how much money they make. It's astronomical. Like they bought them, I think, for one point five billion dollars back in the day. Well, it was a good investment. A lot of people <laughs> thought that was a lot of money for Google to buy. Well, that,
1: that. was one of the biggest purchases at the time. Yes. The, the, one of the early unicorns, as they call them.
0: We'll also be talking with the folks at NeoFect. They have some really cool technologies that uh, gamify rehabilitation, which I thought was amazing. Don't forget to also hit our website. We're giving away that pair of Bear Dynamics over-the-ear headphones Check it out, getconnectedmedia.com. If you go to the newsletter tab, subscribe, you are entered to win. That's how you enter. Got to go to the newsletter, subscribe. Once you're entered, you're entered for all the contests. We're literally giving you away thousands of dollars surprises over the next year. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. We will be back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Talking with uh, an interesting fellow from a company called Neofect. His name is Scott Kim, based out of San Francisco. He has uh, got a fantastically interesting company. Fantastically, is that a word, John? I yes, think I think so. it is. Uh, that uh, gamifies rehabilitation. Uh, the company's called Neofect. Thanks for joining us today, Scott.
3: Thanks for having us.
0: Tell us a little bit about uh, Neofact and, and what you guys are, are doing as far as uh, using technology to help uh, you know rehabilitate uh, people, you know even stroke victims.
3: Sure. So, yeah, Neofact is a like high-tech healthcare, you know, medical device company like mainly focusing on making hardware and software for stroke survivors rehabilitation. So, yeah, usually we say stroke survivors like instead of victims and just like, you know, like, like meaning that, like, you know, like they have a lot, you know, like the, 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 there's a lot more positive things that they can do. And our flagship device is called the uh, Smart Glove and it's basically the uh, like it's it's basically the uh, gamified rehabilitation solution mainly for stroke patients. Like the sort have of rehabbing patient, so they play games like you know wearing this wearable device called smart glove, and once you wear the glove, then it becomes the uh, your virtual controller, and then you play games. But at the same time, you're going through the, uh, the clinically proven rehab process, like mainly for the uh, stroke recovery. So if anyone remembers the uh, power glove, like back in the eighties, and it kind of works like this: like so you wear that, and then uh, you know all the motions that you're making with the glove on are recognized by the software. And then what you're doing is, uh, you know, catching baseball, and then you know, cooking, and then you know, doing fishing, and even you know, pouring the wine. But it's really meant to be, you know, working on your range of motion. So eventually, you get better.
0: Well, I found it quite interesting, uh, you know, one of our uh, folks here on the team, uh, Stephen, I had a chance to talk to you down at CES and uh, did some videos uh, with you. So uh, you had uh, people that had the glove on, uh, again, very small glove. It's kind of like plastic. It goes over your fingers and everything. Uh, and they were controlling, mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, I guess, a, a car, a race car on uh, on, on a game on uh, on an iPad, essentially.
3: Yeah, so the game is played on the, uh, the, the tablet, and then our clients can actually see the, uh, the game action going on. Then the one that Steven, S- Steven saw, it is like, you know, you're basically changing the lanes by controlling the car, moving your hand up and down, and then, you know, like the car is like on the screen, you know, like it's moving, you know, like from left to right. And then but then again like you have to like change your lanes, you know, by moving you know, your wrist up and down and avoiding obstacles and then you know, it's like a typical car game. And so I mean our goal is like really to make the rehabilitation more engaging. But the power of software lies in you know data collection. So I think the biggest part is our software is run by artificial intelligence. So our product is more like uh, Netflix for stroke survivors. And you know, our AI actually knows what kind of games they need to work on, just like Netflix you know, knows what kind of movies you want to watch or you need to watch. So every time you finish one game, and then like, it analy- like, based on the uh, data analysis that, that our software does, and the algorithm actually recommends like, you know, different games at different level of the uh, difficulty and with a different goal set.
0: We're talking with Scott Kim, he's one of the founders of uh, Neofect, a company based out of San Francisco, involved with health and wellness. Uh, uh, Their first uh, big product would be a a smart glove uh, that helps gamify uh, stroke survivors, uh, rehabilitation. They've uh, since come out with uh, additional uh, products to help uh, other folks, including people with dementia as well. Scott, where can people find out more information about Neofect?
3: Yeah, our website will be great resource. It's neofact.com, neofec dot com and it has all the information that people are usually looking for.
0: Scott, I want to thank you for joining us today.
3: Thank you so much for having us having me.
0: When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler and AJ Vickery. YouTube, bought by Google back in the day, I think for $1.5 uh, billion. Uh, they have more than made their money back on that. Hmm. How much do you think they make a year, uh, AJ? Make a year? Yeah. Why no? Well, yeah, you got the art <laughs> in front of you now. <laughs> $15 billion. $15 billion, Yeah, $15 billion dollars a year mm-hmm. just from YouTube. Isn't that amazing? Yes. They pay out, however, uh, they didn't break it down, but they pay out for content acquisition, uh, $8.5 billion. So those payouts would be not only going to content makers like creators, uh, but other content that they purchase as well. So it still seems very profitable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. I mean, we, we make money off of it for our get connected TV stuff. Yep. We're not up in the billion dollar <laughs> category yet. Not this week. But, uh, but we're working on it. Yeah. But it's been an in- interesting ride just trying to figure out how that all works and the best way to manage well, that.
1: Well, a lot of people have tried, and it's funny though, a lot of, I've seen a lot of stories where people talk about kids, what do they want to be when they grow up? They want to be a YouTube star. Yes. Because they know that's how you can make money and they can be a goof in their bedroom in front of a camera
0: but, it's, but it's make tough. a lot of money yeah, yeah. but it's tough it's it not tough. always consistent right because they change the algorithms yes on youtube a lot of the times mm-hmm. on how they calculate advertising revenue that they share with the creators mm-hmm. and a lot of times that kills off a lot of the revenue yeah with an overnight change mm-hmm.
1: yeah when you know they've made a number of changes in the past as far as how many subscribers you need to actually make any money to qualify to be in, in those monetization zones, um, but also um, some of the rules around what you can talk about even. And that can actually impact your um, ability to bubble up in the rankings, in the search results, that kind of thing. Uh, we've even encountered a few issues when we've actually had guests on our video podcast and we talk about some topics. We're not specifically talking about uh, bad things. We're talking about Bad things that could happen. But we've like mentioned, we mentioned
0: terrorist or something like that. Right.
1: You just got our, our video banned <laughs>
0: <now>. <laughs> We will have to bleep that out, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Steven, we'll but it's Steven interesting. Like
1: it's this constantly moving set of goalposts yeah. that have made these creators that think they deserve more or at least have a more consistent set of income so they do other things like they set up a patreon account so their true fans can help support them mm-hmm. or they do sponsored slash paid content with uh partners and vendors so um, it, it also those types of things can change how the content gets created how authentic it is and that can dramatically impact their bottom lines at the end of the day as well
0: well let's look at the number again it's 15 billion dollars and that's kind of a record amount for YouTube for, for Google. Uh, again, it's the first time they've broken it out in their earnings uh, report. It's 10% of Google's overall $161 billion revenue yearly. Mm-hmm. They're, all? they're doing okay. Yeah. Just to give you a comparison, uh, $15 billion, that's how much YouTube made last year, that's about 20% of, of how much advertisers pay across all the U S network television stations. Wow. Yeah, that's a big number. I didn't realize that they spent that
2: much on network TV still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it costs, what, Couple uh, three, five million for a Super Bowl ad? It's a bit of money.
1: Yeah. What's interesting, though, is Instagram also recently reported, they, guess how much they made last year? How much? $20 billion. Oh, is that all? And they don't pay their creators. So that's...
0: But still, Instagram is a
1: huge social platform. That's pure advertising revenue. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for them. Yeah. They're sucking it all in. Yeah. They're not giving it out.
1: And that's just the Instagram portion. Facebook's probably even bigger.
0: I think the takeaway here, though, especially
2: that comparison to network television, is there's no question in corporations' minds that this shift to spending money on these digital platforms is the, is the way of the future. You know, like when you look at those numbers as a percentage of like uh, money spent in television, 20% just from YouTube alone. Um, when you take those aggregate numbers um, digital spending is probably going to start to be the primary uh, focus for companies when they're doing their ad budgets
0: there's not many other competitors out there that can compete with that sheer scale of how much money they're giving out to their creators Uh, twitch is another big one a lot of people probably haven't heard of twitch it's like an online gaming streaming platform if you
1: have kids that game you've heard of twitch yes
0: amazon bought them it was funny when amazon bought them i'm like the hell is amazon buying this game streaming service for i understand now yeah <laughs> i totally and microsoft
1: do. has mixer which is their competitor
2: mixer mixer yeah i haven't i haven't looked at that one yet yeah i so, mentioned this in another segment but my addiction right now is tiktok
0: what are you 14 <laughs> i know
2: right it's so addictive That's old for tiktok though <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i'm telling you keep your eye on tiktok it's coming fast yeah I'm i think not... it's here but yeah
1: it's just it's that short quick hit video thing the attention span theater basically totally
0: uh so we talked about twitch uh so the 15 billion that youtube makes that's six times as much as twitch which is huge
1: Hmm. yeah twitch also pays quite a lot to their creators too. do they yeah
0: yeah i don't know how that formula works
1: you 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 subscribe to someone you like yeah and so they get a cut of that subscription money and then the creators also uh, basically elicit donations during their streams saying, hey, you know, buy me pizza or, you know, buy me dinner or whatever, that kind of thing while they're and streaming and while they're playing their video games.
0: And so just I want you to wrap your head around that. <laughs> You're getting paid from your subscribers so they can watch you play a video game. Your fans.
1: But the interesting thing about Twitch and Mixer, though, is you can actually, as a fan, play with your favorite creators because they open the doors. They call it open lobby. So you can come in. You want to play Fortnite with your favorite Person on Twitch or Mixer, you can do that, mm. which is a big deal. You can't just walk into a concert and hang out with the Rolling Stones, right? So in in that world, in that realm, that's a big deal. And giving them a couple bucks a month is better than paying for cable TV for a lot of people.
0: It's funny because uh, I think I've told the story to you before. Uh, my my son, he was 19 at the time. He's still living at home because he's going to university. Uh, so his girlfriend was over, and they were in his room, and uh, you know, went in to say hi. And so she's like lying on the bed watching him and he's watching on, like on this computer screen, he's, he's playing like League of Legends. And I'm like, Oh, this must be really exciting for you. And you know, watching your boyfriend play a video game while you just sit in there. And then he says to me, Oh, I'm not playing. I'm watching someone play. <laughs> <laughs> are you <kidding>? are <laughs> both watching. I'm like, Oh my God. I mean the times have changed yeah
1: I I didn't get it at first either but then when I got a new game I'm like I don't know how to play this game I want to see how to play it so you watch people that know what they're doing yeah and quite the good creators are really good at describing what's going on yeah in and you can actually in some cases and how I got started in a few games I actually got to play with them on their stream yeah and so i'm chatting with them on headsets other you know hundreds of other people are watching and we're playing these games Mm. it's a great way to learn how to play a game
0: okay we're gonna have to take another break when we come back we're gonna uh talk about uh, a new segment that we have uh, our favorite tech of the week and you have to stay tuned for this do you remember the uh, the phantom zone in superman (laughs) (laughs) this is where they sent criminals and if you watch superman one with christopher reeves they sent the uh General Zod and his henchmen to the Phantom Zone and they basically sent them kind of encased in this kind of looked like glass. Yeah. Well, how true is that now? (laughs) There's technology that can do that and we'll tell you what it is. You're listening to Get (laughs) Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John and AJ. It's that time for our new segment, our favorite tech of the week. And this one harkens back to the original superman movie with christopher reeves uh and it's interesting because uh, the demo that they showed and this was a uh, a partnership between microsoft and warner brothers they actually used the superman movie and they put that entire movie on a piece of glass about the size of a coaster which was interesting.
1: It, it's it's really fascinating what they're doing with this. They're using lasers essentially to encode data into voxels. These are three-dimensional equivalent of pixels that we normally would see on a screen. So this little piece of glass, like you said, it's about the size of a coaster, has all of the data needed to store, digitally store the entire, I think it's three or, or uh, I think it's six film reels of the original negative of the superman movie which they chose for the obvious analogy which you expressed earlier the phantom <laughs> the, the phantom, phantom zone <laughs> where um, they,
0: they put the criminals so you can't actually put real humans in here but you can put their likenesses that's right <laughs> the movie <laughs>
1: yeah and so what's really interesting about this this storage technology is the fact that it's impervious to just about everything
0: so it, unlike Uh, Like USB keys and CDs, which degrade over time.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's waterproof. It's uh, temperature resistant because it's glass. So you need, it'd have to be really hot for it to even remotely become an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of these old uh, film negatives, they're really sensitive to even the air and they can actually catch fire so a lot of the big movies that we've all grown up watching and loving are actually stored in a vault inside a mountain uh, because it's an old salt mine and that's where they store it because it has this consistent even temperature it's uh it's earthquake bomb proof all the different proofs that you could have Um, but this uh, little piece of glass from project silica is very tiny compared to the amount of space even a couple of film canisters take up. So Exactly. Um, so imagine being able to store all of your photos, for example, on one piece of glass that is impervious to just about everything. I don't think it's bulletproof, but... Um,
2: <laughs>
0: they call it Project Silica.
1: Poly- Project Silica, yeah. Yeah,
2: It'd this be is... a nice piece of glass on my desk that I could sort of, yeah. like, a little... Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, do you remember, did you see Blade Runner 2049? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? They have all these records that are stored on glass Mm -hmm. and little glass balls and things like that. And depending on the time of uh, the history of the movie, I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, electromagnetic pulses took out a big chunk of history uh, because everything was digitally stored and there was no paper records. But these glass things are impervious to even that type of thing. Crazy. You just need the special laser system to read
0: these things. Well, that's all the time we have left. Uh, don't forget to uh, listen to our sister show every Sunday here on the Chorus Radio Network on uh, Global News Radio, CKNW 980. It's from 10 to 11 in the morning here in Vancouver. It goes across uh, the network across Canada as well. We also have our video podcasts available. You can actually see us live doing these uh, these shows, uh, getconnectedmedia.com. Not only uh, this show, but also the app show as well. And going to give a shout out to the contest one more time we're giving away a pair of bear dynamics over the year headphones these things are awesome sauce they're like a thousand dollars if you had to go out and buy them go to getconnectedmedia.com go to the newsletter tab subscribe and you'll be entered to win i want to thank everyone that puts the show together john beeler aj vickery steven and christina nigel paul gill and the rest of the team we'll see you again next time